Hello everyone, Kat Smith here, wanting to welcome you to Enneagram Plus Yoga Podcast, a podcast for body, heart, and mind. Today's episode is special, and the reason it's special because Christy and I usually have a guest whom we interview, but this time around we've decided just to have a conversation between two of us. So today we're talking about compassion. Specifically in this episode, Christy and I are talking about how Enneagram types 9, 8, 7, 6, and 5 can embody the virtue of empathy. So I want you to think about what empathy, sympathy, compassion, kindness mean to you, how they show up in your life, and how you show them to yourself and others. So without much further ado, we will kick off this episode. But before, I just want to share you a quote from Hope Heals, and that is um, an account that I follow on Instagram. And here's what it says. Compassion means to suffer with, not sympathy, not pity, not saving, but co-suffering. It's a visceral desire to be with each other in our pain and bite a longing for new possibilities realized together. So our hope is that you would not only listen and enjoy, but embrace some new possibilities for yourself and people in your life. We thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. So today, Christy and I uh, decided to sit down with each other and talk about empathy. And a little bit of a rewind for you folks. So this is our second attempt in recording this episode. And the first attempt uh, we had when we had it scheduled, we were actually supposed to have a guest on with us. And the date that we scheduled the interview for was the day after shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And it just so happened that the day of the interview, our guest wasn't able to make it. And then I kept running through my mind all morning long that I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can, you know, keep it together. I don't know if I can be focused enough because I was having a really hard time more so and I don't know if it's even appropriate to say every mass shooting is horrific in my opinion, but the Uvalde, Texas case was extremely difficult to hear about, maybe because my youngest is 10 and Mm -hmm. he's in third grade and Mm -hmm. he um, was at the last week of his school. And it is just something unthinkable for me, which I'm sure was unthinkable for all the parents Mm -hmm. who were dealing with that in real time. So, uh, kind of bring it full circle. Christy and I decided to table our conversation, kind of not press it. And now here we are almost a month later to sit down and talk about empathy and talk about how it relates to all nine Enneagram types. So 
we hope that you listen and that you um, not only perhaps hear something that may resonate with you, but also um, be provoked to think a little more about what empathy means to you as a human, not just as an Enneagram type, because we just, we just think that empathy is so important. That's something that perhaps lacking in our life. What do you think, Christy? Yeah, I think that was really well said. And I think it is something we need so much more of. And the guest um, that we were going to have, she lived in Texas. And I think that I think that when the Chattanooga shootings happened here in Chattanooga, of course, everybody across the country felt it. But we also know that like living here in Chattanooga, like we just felt that so deeply. And so we're gonna have that guest back at some point, but um, you know, that what happened in Uvalde hit all of us. And I, I know it hit Texans, it hit moms. It, um, I think the danger though is to say something like, I can't imagine. And we've talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, and empathy is to imagine. I mean, it's such a common catchphrase in our world. I can't imagine, but we're invited to put ourselves in the shoes of these parents and, and to go, oh my goodness, you know? And I think when you are a parent, like you said, when you have a 10 year old, you, um, do feel it even at a deeper level. I have a friend who's pregnant right now, and she said now that she's pregnant, you know, of course she felt deep empathy for Sandy Hook shootings, but having a child on the way, it just made her feel this in an even deeper way. Um, but I think that if we don't imagine, then no action happens. And so I, I really think Empathy is inviting us um, to make sure that we're feeling this so that we get involved in some way uh, to, to move forward and make sure that this doesn't happen again, whether that means mental health advocacy, whether that means gun regulation, like we, we have to do something, but that's not going to happen if we don't sit with the pain of it. Um, and it's not something, it's not something any of us like to feel but we we need to um in order to make changes um any thoughts that you have on what you're I just absolutely you're absolutely right you know um i think a lot of people had a lot of opinions after the shooting and we'll move on after that but we had a neighbor who said imagine that this was your child or grandchild in uvalde and now act like it was. Yes. You know, so that really, really struck me as you're right. You know, we imagine that this was your child or grandchild. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you, you put forward the action that you would put forward if it was in fact so. Mm -hmm which, you know, is a nice segue. So in preparation to this interview back a month ago, I was, I was looking at the psychiatrist medical care website and per the website, here's what they write. Sympathy involves understanding from your own perspective. Empathy involves putting yourself in other shoes and understanding why they may have these feelings. So not just feeling from your own 
play space family but also trying to understand why this mm -hmm. person the way they feel and that's exactly what you what you what you say you know it's you know i can't imagine well how about we try to imagine and only can we do that if we move from our comfort level where everything mm -hmm. is just how we want it into somebody else's space which mm -hmm. is oh so difficult to do whether it's emotional space mental space and especially when we're talking empathy we're talking that it's probably a turbulent or painful place you know mm -hmm. it's you know we don't talk you're so happy you're having the best day and I empathize with you. You empathize with somebody's pain, loss, grief, um, you know, shock, confusion, et cetera. So I'd say without much further ado, we can move on and kind of talk about every Enneagram type in relation to empathy. And again, these are as always our musings and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So Christy, why don't you kick us off? any number yeah. let's do that okay let's start with the nine because we have we've talked about that recently yeah. that we're we start with the one a lot so let's start with the nine again and again we're going to talk about how each of the nine numbers could maybe be a little bit more empathetic um so for a nine i think first off like being empathetic doesn't mean you have to agree like, I think that that nines are so good at let's just agree with everybody. Let's be in harmony. And so um, first off, be OK with the fact that you don't have to agree and that you don't um, that you can be in conflict with others and yet still be empathetic. I think that that's important. And then the, the nines also, I think, to work on empathy might even want to work on active listening skills because uh, some say that the nines can kind of be listening halfway um, because they get used to kind of that withdrawing or disengaging pattern that a nine has. And so to sh to be more empathetic might be to like really work on being fully present and listening. Um, and, you know, we played kind of those active listening skills, maybe if we've ever been on a retreat where, you know, you sit with somebody and you look them in the eye and you know you repeat back what they say a nine might not might need to work on that i mean certainly i think all of us can work on that um but those are some of my thoughts for a, for a nine especially the remaining empathetic even in the midst of conflict because just because you know there's conflict doesn't mean you have to run away as a nine like you can sit in the middle of that conflict stand your ground, but still have empathy for the other person and their point of view. Um, so those are some thoughts I have. Um, what about you, Kat? What comes up I, for you? I, I absolutely agree with your points. I also would think nines could kind of uh, work a little more on being empathetic through dealing with maybe like aggressive people or like to your point or negative people um not necessarily you know the same type as they are relaxed laid back copacetic um agreeable so that might be difficult and also being more vocal with their empathy response so not just yeah. feeling it but voicing it which is 
you know, sometimes it's challenging for a nine just to assert their voice and assert their presence. And as we talked, empathy involves more of an active approach than a passive mm. approach. So for a nine, I think to embrace that active approach could really be a space for growth. I like that a lot. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, moving backwards, let's go to our eight. Um, so I, um, I think the eights are one of the types that needs to work on cultivating empathy. In fact, that's why the two is their era of growth, because they need to become more like a two and be more empathetic. However, I was surprised, like there was an actual study about the Enneagram and empathy, and it was um, a research study done by the Korean Journal of Medical Education. And I was thinking that eights might be one of the numbers that was the lowest in empathy. I still think they might land in the top three, but it was the seven and the three that were actually the lowest in empathy. Um, and I, but I still think the eights uh, need to work on cultivating empathy as well, um, because they can just be so strong and decisive that sometimes they can make decisions without imagining and thinking about what other people might need. So I think that can be an opportunity for empathy before you as an eight are just so decisive and make that strong decision. Like think about well, what do your teammates um, in the workplace need? What does your family need if you're making a decision in the family? Um, so I think that that empathy is, is something they, they need to work on. But also, I think that uh, they definitely need to learn how to practice vulnerability, um, because I think vulnerability is a skill that deepens um, empathy, because like once we know what somebody else is struggling with, we're more apt to share our own struggles and our own weakness. Um, and we, we start to soften with one another. And as that happens, the walls come down. And when we don't have those walls up, in the world that we live in, we're more open-hearted. And when we're more open-hearted, we're more empathetic. Like, so as, as an eight starts to soften and open their heart up and be vulnerable, like we just create this world where empathy is, is likely to be more present. So um, I would offer that for an eight as well. Did, did that surprise you though, with the Korean study that the sevens and threes were you the least- Sevens does not surprise me, three does. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I would have, if I were a betting woman, I would have thought seven and an eight just because seven has, and we'll touch on to that, has difficult time being in the, any kind of negative emotion. And the eight, I think, you know, you being so strong is a part of their nature, but you can't muscle your way through empathy you right. know there's the only way to empathize is to get vulnerable and you cannot offer it up to anybody unless it resides within you so first you get in touch with your own vulnerability and then you can soften towards others as well but it starts with you and for Nate I think it is the you know easier said than done task and perhaps they don't even recognize it as getting vulnerable. They just look at it, you know, it's weakness. And 
who has not felt weak when they are in a space of grief or loss or you know anger or confusion it's it's it kind of comes with a package so for innate to understand it and embrace it I mm -hmm. think you know th that you know we all feel weak we all feel vulnerable and it's okay it's it's a part of life you know just yeah. like you cannot have strength without softness you know one cannot reside without the other and moving forward that's the same kind of i think issue would be for a seven because you know although it is phenomenal to be around somebody who has a sunny genuinely optimistic outlook on life part of life is painful part of life is deeply hurtful you cannot have one without the other so for a seven just like for an eight it will be embracing vulnerability for a seven it will be embracing the darker parts of life as the actual part of life if that makes sense yeah. you know yeah. not just i know it's elsewhere and i've heard rumors there's like bad days and painful you know situations but actually say i accept it first as a part of life then take it a step forward if it comes i invite it you know mm -hmm. ram das has a you know uh, it's sort of a song sort of chant sort of a spoken word and he talks about dark thoughts and mm -hmm. he says um invite a dark thought like you would invite a good one like you would invite a a friend mm -hmm. and and just be with it and i think for a seven to be with it would be so difficult but that skill would grow their ability to be empathetic i think i like that i like i've always liked that idea of befriending the darkness i mean that's yeah. something that fours are really good at and i think that you're right like for a seven to enter into the pain especially when we were talking about uvaldi that that you were differentiating between sympathy and empathy that sympathy is to feel for and the empathy is to feel with yeah. but in order for a seven to be in a healthy space they're going to have to feel with they're going to have to feel what happens like i know I sat down one day and looked intentionally at the pictures of all the children who had died. I, I think many of us have done that. I think that would be particularly hard for a seven to yeah. do, but yeah. I think that sevens, instead of running from the pain, they need to run towards it sometimes. And, and I think that like to get grounded and to sit down and to to feel the pain of what happened in Uvalde um, is something we all need to do. And, and certainly it's very hard to do. Um, and yet I think that we won't run towards answers and solutions if we don't invite the pain first and feel it. And so for a seven to kind of sit and do that would, would be difficult, but that would be a healthy seven who could do that. I absolutely agree. And, you know, I talk about my husband a lot on this podcast, but 
after Uvalde. So not only Kevin embraced it, I think for a seven, and Kevin is a seven, for a seven, embracing the empathy sort of propels them into action, so mm -hmm. to say. So a seven, if they open the door to pain and 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 therefore empathy, it doesn't we wouldn't pin them down to an action. It would actually, in my opinion, propel them forward into action. So for example, Kevin, the next day, he was researching um, laws. He was researching budget for our school district and what was allocated, how much to what. And we were, he was talking to our teacher friends as far as how would you get into a meeting for a school board to voice the issues and voice our concerns. You know, so it was, he was more active than I, than I was with that. And that to me is, the gift of seven if they open the door they would yeah. they would not be stuck in it they would just move forward into action yeah yeah i think that's i think that's right so i would say also that the yoga practice um that we sometimes work on in a class of noticing where pain resides in our body like sometimes yeah. a yoga teacher will invite you to kind of take a deep breath in and then exhale and send, you know, the breath to the pain in the body. In order to do that, you have to notice, well, where am I feeling pain in the body? And I think that just that sort of simple practice of noticing pain in our body, whether that's physical or emotional, could really be helpful for a seven down the road to work on empathy because like that noticing pain in ourselves helps us to notice it in others. And so that would be an offering for a seven. Um, any other ideas you have for sevens and deepening, deepening empathy? You know, I think making small steps into just practicing it so then it's a skill set rather than a something that just pops in your life every once in a while and is a shock to your system so we all know what you know how you set habits and habits is and it's the same with yoga practice it's called practice for a reason you practice it you have mm -hmm. to revisit it it's not one and done and oh i kind of you know try to put myself in your shoes okay check mark and I'm good. My annual empathy session is done, but mm -hmm. trying to, you know, finding the way that works for them to empathize and maybe doing it on a regular basis. So kind of strengthening that muscle. And I want to, you know, I want to make sure that our listeners understand that we're not picking on sevens one and sevens are deeply loving, deeply sweet, deeply um, just just light people. So that's not to say that if they struggle with empathy, they're they're unkind or don't feel anything or completely removed or not present in you mm -hmm. know other people's lives. But we all have sort of things that we struggle with. So I would say for every number, taking whatever struggle you have and specifically here on empathy and kind of continue to practice it so then it's a muscle that strengthens 
And then it becomes a muscle memory and it's not as difficult, not as foreign. And then maybe even it's a part of your habit in your life. So that's what I would say. And again, it just because seven struggle with embracing, accepting, inviting uh, sadness, anger, uh, difficult conversations, uh, they're deeply deeply uncomfortable with 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 emotional pain but if you do it a little step at a time perhaps it 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 becomes easier I totally agree with that and I would say as well is that the Enneagram says there's layers like there are healthy sevens there are average sevens there are unhealthy sevens so a lot of times when Kat and I start to talk about these different topics, we're talking about people when they're going to a place of stress and when they're not their healthiest self. So when a seven's doing their emotional and spiritual work, you know, they're thriving, they're offering empathy, but also like wherever we have um, a strength, there's a weakness tied to that. And so the strength that a seven has of let's go have fun, let's go be adventurous, sometimes that if they're not being balanced with that, that can come off to others as being a little bit insensitive to, to, you know, their pain or whatever they're going through. And so a seven has to work on finding that balance between the fun and adventure, but also the sadness and the hardship of life. And so, you know, and I think, you know, just like as a two, empathy can be my superpower. It also can be, you know, my weakness when I empathize with other people too much and start to neglect my own needs. So for every number where there's a strength, there's a weakness, where there's a weakness, there's a strength tied to that. So yeah, we don't want to pick on anybody, but um, I'll let you kick off our six if you'd All like. Right. So for sixes, I think the you know, the, 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 the growth in area of empathy would be stepping, doing so through a feeling of fear, um, mm -hmm. of discomfort of fear, of maybe even anger, I would say, because, you know, when we empathize with somebody, as I mentioned before, it is more than likely when a person is going through a really difficult time in their life. And a six, I think, could, once they're trying to empathize and trying to get themselves in other people, another person's shoes, would be maybe overwhelmed by the wave of fear, by the wave of this, you know, this can happen to me, this can happen to my loved ones, and it's coming and it's happening and kind of get caught up in that spiral, which mm -hmm. I think is really difficult because I was talking to somebody and I don't know, maybe, you know, we keep going back to, to the Uvalde thing. And I just think because it is so significant and we don't want to make, you know, this episode on mass shooting and gun violence and the tragedy and of that but I caught myself thinking that a mass shooting in an elementary school to me is unthinkable mm -hmm. yet I find myself thinking that we live in a world that a mass shooting in an elementary school is not only 
possible in the current situation, it might be probable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which means it could happen to any of us. And I think when we say it, we kind of say it, but never think it. But now mm -hmm. I think we're in a state we really need to think it. And I mm -hmm. think a six would arrive in that place right away. And, and then the fear might really sort of freeze them from any other emotion that has to deal with empathy and sympathy. So being aware of that and almost either working through fear and anger or setting it to the side you know mm -hmm. I'm not proposing you make it go away because again for a six a you know a state of anxiety a state of fear a state of possible catastrophe it is a part of their bone marrow it's a part of their nature um, so how do you not let it over overtake over everything else does that make sense yeah, it makes perfect sense. The fear could disable the six from being able to kind of feel empathy and other things that they need to feel. Um, they can just get stuck so easily in that, that it it just leads to almost like social anxiety where they might not, they might stop living life, you know, fully and, you know, maybe not going to the grocery store or not going because they're they're so scared and i i think that that's true for a lot of us like i think that some of us have different levels of each of the nine numbers in us and so many of us can go to that six and um kind of allow it to paralyze us and that's why the virtue for the six is courage and i think the six does need like a dose of that courage in order to go live in the world and even to live with with empathy because the predominant feeling for a six can be to get stuck in fear and so in order to move into other feelings and empathy is a feeling of sort you know you've got to move past the fear it can't be where you always live so I, I totally agree um, with everything you said that was beautiful so thank you for for that offering and um what I was going to speak to about empathy is that sometimes uh, the mistrust that sixes can um, be guilty of can cause them uh, to uh, not be empathetic to people that they don't trust. So if there's yeah. a political party that they don't trust, then maybe they're going to distrust all the members of that political party. And I'm just not sure that that's fair and that can yeah. lead to a lot of polarization. And that's just, again, that's not just the six. All of us are um, you know, guilty of that. My cats are having a fight right now in the room as we speak. So real life- Welcome to real talk, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they are fearing one another right now, speaking of fear, but no, um, I. I just think that the mistrust piece is, is something the sixes have to be really careful of because that can take them out of the empathy quickly to where they'll only be empathetic with the people they trust and are loyal to. Um, and then the people that they don't, they won't offer those empathy reserves to. And I think that all of us could look at that in ourselves and, and be aware that that might be something that we're prone to and that we need to be careful of is is imagining what it might be like to be in anybody's shoes, regardless of whether they're in our inner circle or not. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Well said, my friend. All right. Do you want to move on to five? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, was, I love like giving a shout out to other podcasts and the typology podcast is a great Enneagram podcast. And so I want to give them a shout out, shout out. And I was listening to an episode um, that they had on a two and five marriage. And uh, there was just this like great story. And of course I won't share it verbatim, but the story is, was about a two and a five that were at the golden great bridge at the beginning of their relationship at the sort of like in love period, the honeymoon period in their relationship. And so the two looks over at the five and she says, let's do this. Let's share all the things that we love about one another. And then the five, of course, is like, Oh my goodness, because the five needs time to internally process their feelings. And the two who was in love was just like ready to share everything she loved about this man. And she did. She told him all the things. And then when he didn't respond with all the things he loved about her, I think he came up with one or two, but not quite what she had wanted. Um, she felt like, oh my goodness, maybe this relationship is not going to work, right? And so I think on the one hand, other numbers who might be with a five might need to be patient with the five, but the five also has to work on starting to access their feelings, like in the here and now, yep. and that can be like something the five has to work on is like practicing empathy in this very moment, right? That, that they, they think they can like, think about it, wait, come back to the person, but if they're you know, with other numbers and other people, they're going to want empathy in that moment. They're going to want somebody to say, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry you're going through this. That sounds really, really hard, really painful. Um, instead of like having time to process that person that they're talking to is going to need, you know, some reassurance and affirmation of what they're going through in the moment. And fives can struggle with that. So my offering to the five would be learning how to get in touch with what you're feeling and yoga can help with that. And again, we've talked about fives. Um, you know, we, we don't see as many fives. They might be practicing online, but we don't see as many of them in class. But if you start to take yoga, it's going to help you to learn how to feel things in the present moment. Um, so I would offer to the fives, you know, if you can learn to feel your feelings in real time, that's going to serve you well. Um, what are your thoughts for a five, Kat? My thoughts are were two peas in a pod because I was looking at my notes and under five, I wrote feel in real time. So that's to your funny. point, I absolutely agree. You have to not only feel, but you have to feel in real time because, uh, you know, a lot of times five perhaps would be on a sideline of life and life is just kind of passing by them, but they're not actively participating in. So you literally have to step in the middle of the traffic and do this thing in real time as the car's moving and people hustling, bustling, et cetera. So feel in real time. I also think fives could grow their empathy muscle, if you will, by becoming more affectionate. Because, you know, one of their things is withdraw and you withdraw your time, your affection, your knowledge, your whatever it may be. But I think by embracing and 
kind of willing themselves to make a fit, being more affectionate as part of their everyday habit could grow um, exponentially in the area of being more empathetic. Um, and the last thing I would say about fives to me would be treating, I guess, approaching empathy, not from theoretical, theoretical stance, but from a practical, practical application. So mm -hmm. not just kind of, you know, putting it in your head and maybe putting it to the side or, you know, taking time to think about it for however much longer, but actually, um, you know, making it a practice, making it, you know, again, real life, real time, real everything, however uncomfortable it may be. But I think for a five, that would sort of put them in a probably very uncomfortable zone to start with. But then as you continue to do it, maybe you get a little more comfortable with it. Maybe not fully ever, and which is okay. Mm -hmm. We're talking about growth. And that's the beauty of Enneagram that not only does it give you, you know, what it gives you how, mm -hmm. and it not only shows you the pathway of how it shows you how it could be. So mm -hmm. we're all in a pathway, not only self-discovery, but growth. So, yeah. you know, and growth usually is probably not very pretty, not very easy, not very comfortable and sort of a pain in the ass, but mm -hmm. for all of us, it's just in different areas. Love so it. for a five, I'd say that that would be my suggestions, you know. Just a reminder to stay tuned after this word from our sponsor for our meditation. During our meditation, I just want to simply read a poem by the poet Rumi called The Guest House. And I just invite you to breathe in and out throughout this reading to allow yourself to feel this poem in a deeper way. And as I read these words by Rumi, the Sufi mystic, just know that this is an invitation to feel our feelings. And as we start to live in our feelings in a deeper way and befriend them, it's much easier to befriend other people's feelings and to offer empathy. So hear these words. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Namaste, friends.